Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you all ready for the Bible this morning? All right, very good. All right, I'm going to open up with Luke chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, which is the same verse that I opened up with last week because we're going to connect last week's service with this week's service. And Luke 15, 1 says this, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. They muttered. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. I am so thankful that Jesus welcomes sinners and eats with them because I would be so lost without him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time of year. We thank you, God, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, these moments in time where we remember important things like you and what you've done for us and family and make the main things the main things. And we just give you our attention this morning as we come to hear your word, whether we're uh, hearing it in person or online or uh, listening to the podcast. God, we just, we just turn our heart and our attention to you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit's ability to speak to us. So Lord, we, we listen we open up our ears, we open up our hearts. We want to hear from you. We trust you, and we trust your word. I pray, God, would you just uh, lead me and fill me with your spirit. Lord, let what's in your heart come out today. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege, but I just pray, God, that what you desire to be heard today will be heard. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So last week, we talked about the lost parables in Luke chapter 15. The lost sheep, we talked about the lost coin, We talked about the lost son or the prodigal son, and we talked about how Jesus in that scripture, he was explaining why he was spending so much time and effort with sinners and tax collectors, because those three parables followed the teachers of the law and the Pharisees muttering, I love that word, muttering, Uh, they were muttering about the fact that Jesus was spending time with these jokers, if you will, like, why why are you doing this? But he was also communicating not only the value and and effort in which he was spending time with these folks like you and me, but he was also explaining the joy that there is in heaven when somebody comes to believe. And he was trying to change like their value system and the way they think about things and the way they view things by saying, you're not excited about the things I'm excited about and you're not thinking about, you know, that a good value of your time and effort is what I would say is a good time, a value of your time and effort. And I think that really speaks to you and me, amen? Like what, what the things that are worth are time and effort. And so I, I love that verse in Luke 19, verse 10, where it says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I mean, like every time I read a scripture like that in the Bible, I'm thinking things like, yes, thank you. Like I needed that. Like I, that's me, the lost person, right? I, I want to be found by Jesus and I want to follow Jesus. Amen. I want, I want to go into Luke chapter 19 today um, and talk to you about last week was parables, you know, stories that Jesus told. This is going to be um, a story that happened where Jesus has an encounter with a wee little man. And, um, there's a little song, I'll, maybe I'll share it with you. Luke 19, verse 1, says this, and we're going to read through verse 10, I believe. Yeah, we're going to read through verse 10. Luke 19, 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there named Zacchaeus, he was a 
chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short and he couldn't see over the crowd, he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. Would you say mutter? Here's that word again. They muttered. He was, he was gone, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, 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 here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Amen. Amen. Do you all know the song? Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore You got to do this. This is the thing. Climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. The Lord, I think, came by one day and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down. For I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house today. You're welcome. Um, Zacchaeus, thank you, Lord, for songs like that that stick in you in your childhood. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, for those kind of, those kind of words. Wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Um, Zacchaeus, yes, he was a wee little man, but he was also public enemy number one. And the reason he was public enemy number one is, is for the fact that he was really a turncoat, right? He's got this Jewish name, but he was a, not just a tax collector, but he was a chief tax collector, right? So he's responsible for like an entire district, if you will, of tax collectors who take money from the Jewish population uh, for the Roman government and for themselves. And so, you know, he has given his people a good reason not to like him and to, you know, have this disdain. You know, and what really stands out to me when I'm reading this little story in Scripture, it's so short, it's like 10 verses, right? Uh, But we're going to see today that even though it's just like a little 10-verse story, it's been getting set up for chapters in, in in, in the book of Luke. What stands out to me is Zacchaeus has got this hunger. I had some hunger on Thursday, Thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. I don't know what your thing is on Thanksgiving, but mine's, I like food. Um, and it was, it was just some good eating, some good family time. But, you know, he, he just had this hunger because he wanted to see Jesus. And he was determined to see Jesus. As a matter of fact, the, the grammar of the, the sentences about him wanting to see Jesus, it was, it's more like he had been wanting to see Jesus. It wasn't like just in that moment. It was like, hold on, Jesus is here? I have been wanting to see Jesus for some time now. And so there was this motivation that had been percolating for a while, and this was the opportunity, right? And so Zacchaeus, he, he takes a lot of initiative in this story, and he runs ahead, and he climbs up in this sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. I, mean, I can't help myself. Um, 
But just there's like this hunger to see Jesus. And there's a, a couple things that really stand out to me about Zacchaeus' hunger. Um, we, we need to recognize um, hunger when we see it. And what I mean by that is there are, there are people around us that are hungry for God. That the Holy Spirit has been working in their life to lead that person to himself and has been preparing. Like there's this desire and it can manifest itself in different ways. They could have a hunger or curiosity about healing. They could have a hunger or curiosity about the creation of the universe. They could have a hunger or creation about the design of the universe. It could be like a hunger or about like, the, does God really know me? Does he really care about me? Like a hunger about, well, who really is Jesus? You know, people are going to see Bethlehem walk this week. And one of the things I, I think about is uh, and pray about is, Lord, when they see the story that resurrection moment where he dies on a cross and he raises from a, the dead, Lord, may people come to a place where they believe that happened. Because that event changes everything. It changes everything. It changes whether or not you have a, a religion of faith versus works. And a, it changes you know, the, the dynamic of what you believe about God, that he cares for us so much that he would actually bear our sin on a cross, bear our shame on a cross, that like take our powerlessness on the cross. Like It says so much about God. And I'm like, God, may when people see that, may they believe that's what happened. You know, because that belief, it happens in here. I know in my own journey, when I had my atheist years as a teenager, you know, and I did all my study, and I thought I was just so smart. Like, I'm just, I'm going to figure out the universe at 17. It's going to be awesome. And people are going to come to me for information. Now, um, and I remember studying, like, different theories about the universe and how it came to be and all of that. And, you know, I came to, like, really smart people can really make cases for a lot of things logically. And I came to this place of like studying all like these different ideas and I was like, but what's real? But what's real? And there was this, this, this moment in my life where what was real, like it, it became apparent in me, if that makes sense. I'd done all of this, but it became apparent in me. And you know, the reality is like, I'm a finite person, like to figure it out, who do I think I am? I'm going to figure out the universe? At 17, I thought, you know, I was all that. But now I realize, who did I think I was? Right? The, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Right? Like, it should, create, it should create a humility in you, not an arrogance in you. But that coming to that, oh, he's real. But, you know, people, there are these seasons in their life where there's this hunger and there's, there's this moment of just desire. I want to know more. And, you know, um, it could be, in your own life, that there's an unexpected person who's a Zacchaeus in your life that you may not even think they could be hungry, and they're hungry. Like, you know, the other people, what they saw was they saw, you know, a charlatan in the tree, right? They saw this, this rich guy who takes their money in the tree, going, you know, what's this joker doing up there? And what Jesus saw was a hunger for the things of God. And I wonder if there are any, any Zacchaeuses around our life where maybe we just see the sin or maybe we just see the exploitation or maybe we just see the negative in their life and we don't understand that if we just pull a couple layers back, there's so much more going on underneath there than maybe we realize. 
um, you know, it's, it's like these folks who are going to attend Bethlehem Walk. I'm look, you know, we're, I, I love working that last tent where there's this, the fellowship tent where people come in, they warm up, get some hot chocolate before they get on the road. Just this opportunity to talk and keep the conversation going. And what a great way to keep a conversation going when people just watch the gospel, right? And just looking for hunger, you know, looking for who's God working in, who's, who's cooperating with what the Holy Spirit is, is doing in their life right now and just kind of coming alongside. And I like to say it that way because sometimes we think of evangelism and sharing Christ as just this like confrontational thing. I've never seen anybody receive Jesus in a confrontational moment. Do you know what I mean? Not, not that I haven't seen people receive Jesus because they were afraid of hell and they were afraid of, uh, of these kinds of things. It's not that, but like, the, like I'm going to come at you and, you're, and I'm just going to intimidate you. I'm going to convince you to receive Jesus. How's that working for you? God's kindness leads us to repentance. What, what was it? So Zacchaeus has got this hunger in him, right? The other thing I was noticing was like, what did he hear about Jesus that made him so hungry? That made him so motivated to run ahead and I'm going to you know, get up in this tree and I'm going I'm to see this Jesus like he's just trying to see him. He wasn't even trying to meet him. You don't meet somebody from a tree, right? Like he's, he said, it was interesting when I was reading about the story, one of the things that they talked about is he actually was probably safer in the tree than he was in the crowd. Because, you know, you get a crowd of people and they know who you are and he's a short guy. That dude could have been taken advantage of, right? Where, you know, it's like, I don't know who walked over you, bro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oops. <laughs> but what was, it, what was it he heard about Jesus? And I want to I apply this to our lives. Like, what are people hearing about our Jesus? Do they hear about the miracles that he does? Do they hear about the wisdom of his teaching and the purity of like his brand of righteousness is not the arrogant brand of righteousness it's the servant leadership humility brand of righteousness that really looks out for others and is just like there's just such a purity of it you know i think sometimes people get the wrong billing about jesus right well, jesus is all about rules not really not really, it's just like really kind of like common sense, like don't sleep around, don't hit people, like, you know, just like, it's not rocket science. It's not. But what are, what are people hearing about him, right? You know, that, you know, he's like no other ruler. Um, you know, he's like, it's like no other religion, no other faith out there because it's his grace that saves you. It's his kindness that pursues you. It's his love that turns your heart. And he's the kind of guy who eats with sinners and tax collectors. Like, are people hearing that about our Jesus, that, you know, Jesus went to where the pain was. Jesus went to where the sin was. He didn't avoid it. He went to it, right? And what was it that made Jesus so attractive to this wealthy tax collector? And what is it in our lives that would make us attractive to people around us, Right? Do you catch that? Because we are the ones telling the story now. And I wonder, God, um, what are people hearing about me? Don't get me wrong. I don't mean like my social feed. I don't mean like, you know, is my press good? No, I mean like, who am I and and how does that read in, in people around me? 
would people want to come to me with their hunger about Jesus? Right? Like, would people look and go, oh, you know, if, if I went to so-and-so's work, you know, the people around them would want to hear about Jesus from them. Would they like, be like, oh, you want to know about God? You need to talk to Frank. You need to talk to Joe. You need to talk to Sat. Like, you need to talk to this person because they'll, they'll give you the real deal and you'll want to hear it from them. That's what impresses me about this story is the motivation that Zacchaeus has, right? Like, that he wanted to see Jesus, right? And I want to, you know, when they look at us, do they see something different? Do they see something attractive? Do they see something compelling? And is it real? Like, you know, and, and again, I'm not talking about putting on a show. I'm just talking about, like, is, is, is it authentic and is it attractive? And I don't mean attractive from the standpoint of we just make it all bells and whistles and, oh, he's just going to make your life better. Well, actually, he will make your life better. You know what I'm talking about, though? Like, like the real deal, like people with hunger want to know um, because, you know, the best way to hear about Jesus is to hear from somebody who met him, someone who's encountered him, someone who's walking with him, and that's you and me, right? And I want to know, like, would Zacchaeus, would he show his hunger to me? Or if that hunger was laying under a few layers, would he meet me and go, eh, no, I'm not asking that guy, not Pastor Mike. I don't feel, I'm not feeling that. Do you know what I'm saying? I think, I mean, that to me is really, really challenging because I'm convinced there are people who are hungry. Jesus said the harvest is white, right? Like it's ready. And I know there's hunger, hunger for people. And what's really cool is, you know, so that you got this hungry guy, hungry for spiritual things, hungry to know, see this Jesus, right? And, um, Jesus is walking along, and the, the script flips from Zacchaeus leading it to Jesus leading it. So Zacchaeus first has got a hunger to see Jesus, but now Jesus sees Zacchaeus. Can you imagine? Jesus is walking around. He's got this crowd of people. Jesus, Jesus, right? J-E-S-U-S. Like, they're just, they're having, they're, he's popular. He's passing through, and he sees Zacchaeus. She's a short guy who's probably clothed better than most people, I would think, right? In a tree, just to see him. See, it went from Zacchaeus sees, wants to see Jesus to Jesus saw him. You know, it's really cool. I was, I was reading about sycamore trees, and um, this, is, this is a commercial. This, like, doesn't, I'm not going to, like, in some amazingly spiritual way, tie this to the story. But it really, was really kind of cool, though. This sycamore tree, it was this um, evergreen tree, and it has um, leaves the shape of hearts, and it gets really big. Like, it's like 20 feet around, like, circumference. It can get really big, and it's got these broad limbs that are horizontal, so it's a really easy climbing tree, right? And they would plant them along the road. They'd give a lot of shade and all that. Well, I had this fig type of fruit. It wasn't the fig tree, but it was like a fig fruit, right? Little, little one. And so it's got this heart-shaped leaf, and they said, if you want to eat the fruit of this tree, you have to pierce the heart of the fruit and wait four days, and it will sweeten. Isn't that cool? And I, I, I'm thinking, like, what a beautiful picture, like, of that's Jesus. His heart was pierced for us, and now he's the sweet fruit in our lives, right? I mean, isn't that, I mean it's just so cool. It has nothing to do with Zacchaeus, but I just really... <laughs> 
I told you it didn't, and I'm not going to like some you know, convoluted way tell you, like, well, you know what was really happening in the eighth realm of heaven. Um, anyhow, I just thought that was kind of cool that he's in this tree. So he, Jesus sees Zacchaeus, this motivated, short, rich man, sitting in a tree just to see him. And Jesus calls him out by name, and he orders him out of the tree. Zacchaeus? Nobody, how do you know Zacchaeus' name? That's kind of cool. He orders him out of the tree. You come down, and he says, I must stay at your house today. It is the only time in the New Testament where it records Jesus saying, I'm coming to your house. Isn't that cool? Like, he would be invited. He'd be, it was the only time where he was like, basically, hey, I'm, inviting, I'm self-inviting. I am coming over to your house. But actually, what a great honor, right? Like, I mean, he honored this chief tax collector who nobody likes by saying, I am coming to your house. What's wild, though, is when you started in Luke chapter 19, it says that Jesus was just passing through Jericho. Wait, what? They were just passing through, and now they're stopping. Are we willing to stop our lives for hungry people? Right? Are we willing to just put up, pump the brakes and go, hold on, I know we have somewhere to be, but what's going on right here is the important thing right now. It really reminds me of when Jesus sent out the 72. He said, listen, you go into a town and you find the, 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 the man of peace. You find the, the home where you're received and you go and you stay right there. And you just let God do a miracle there. You heal the sick. You, you, you let God work in the midst of that place where you are received. What if we thought about this as a, an evangelism-like strategy? Like, What if we looked for hungry people that received us and we went to their house? Isn't that cool? Like, and that's what Jesus is doing. As a matter of fact, there's a, there's a church in Singapore that that is their entire mission strategy. They plant, uh, they've planted thousands of churches around the world, but their idea is they just send a team to a community and they don't look, go and gather Christians to start a church or anything like that. They just look for who God is working in and they find that person. They just work with that person, relate with that person, let God do a miracle, and then just start from there. Just find the person of peace, the person who wants to receive your witness. But listen, to refine the person of peace, you got to be someone that, that it would evidence itself around, right? If they said at that point, well, Jesus' disciples are coming through town, would Zacchaeus have run to get up in the tree to see the disciples? I don't know. But I know he'd run to go see Jesus, Right? And like, so that, that, you know, who we are matters as far as what people evidence and manifest in themselves as far as their hunger and their desire. And I, I want to challenge you and me, let's remember to be people that, that cause that spiritual hunger to evidence itself, because it's out there. Why? Because eternity is in the hearts of man. It's already in there. You see, it changes our mind when we think about seeing people reach with the gospel, when we know the Holy Spirit's already working in the world and that people already have inside of them something that, that does want to know who God is. You know, the crowd, they see this whole interaction. You know, Jesus, you know, singing for the first time, for I, the Lord I wanted to see. You know, he's like bringing them down out of the tree. We're going to your house. The people, it says in verse 7, all the people saw this, 
and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. It was a crowd of people that were never going to see what was going on in Zacchaeus. They didn't see what Jesus saw. And when we back up and we look at Luke chapter 15, right before Jesus tells those lost parables that we talked about last week, it was the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who muttered about Jesus hanging out with sinners and tax collectors. But now, when it's chief tax collector, everybody's muttering. Man, we... I know, I can't... I don't know how many times I, I, I quote this verse for us as a church family. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Come on. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. And I would just, I would plead with you today, whoever you are against in your life, that is not God's will for you. It's not. Our battle is against principalities and powers and dark forces. People are never the enemy. Yes, the enemy works through people. Yes, there are people who are influenced by evil things. Yes, it's all around us. Yes, 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 but they are the mission field that we are called to a ministry of reconciliation. This guy was not the guy they expected to be spiritually hungry. That's what this story is. This is the last guy anyone expected to have this desire for Jesus like he did. And what's beautiful about the story is at the end of the story, like where Jesus is at his house and the people are muttering, then there's this moment in his life where he goes, listen, I'm going to give away half of everything I have, and if I've wronged anyone, I'm going to give them four times what I took from them. The evidence of repentance. When we read the story, we all go, I can get behind that. Right? We're like, by this time, we're like, you go, you chief tax collector. But you see, the point of the story is who's the chief tax collector in our lives? Who's the person that we're not seeing that like, could have that moment and that kind of transformation where they're like, Jesus, I'll give away half my possessions and I'm going to right my wrongs and I'm going to do like, like, that's so beautiful. But the people didn't see it, they muttered. And I just like, God. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Help me to see who you're working in. Help me not to exclude anyone from the possibility of the gospel. I can't make up hunger in someone, but by golly, I can cause them to hide it from me. And I don't want them to hide it from me. I want to be able to see it like Jesus saw it and go, you know, something is going on in your life. There's a hunger in your life. Let's have the conversation. Let's keep the thing going. Let's, let's you know, see what would come of this. I love how Zacchaeus responds, responds with this fruit of repentance. Luke 19, verse 80 says, but Zacchaeus stood up and he said, Lord, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times. What's fascinating, again, in this whole uh, thing that's going on in the book of Luke is that, you know, Zacchaeus, he initiates this. Jesus didn't tell him, all right, we got to talk. He didn't say that. I'm sure they would have talked at some point, <laughs> right? But he didn't, he didn't initiate it. 
Zacchaeus initiates it, right? You, you rewind back to Luke chapter 18. We're in 19 right now. Rich young ruler comes, and he's like, what do I need to do to inherit the kingdom of God? He, you know, that this whole conversation. Then finally, Jesus says, you just lack one thing. Go sell all you have to the poor and come and follow me. And the man went away sad. He's asking Jesus, what do I need to do? Jesus is like, fine, you want to push it? Just sell it all and come follow me. And the dude's like, well, I can't do that. But the tax collector wasn't asked anything. He just has this thing in his heart, this transformation in his heart, and he's just like, I'm just going to do these things like I'm just motivated to do these things. And I want to encourage you, you know, for all of us, we're on this journey of knowing and following in Jesus, right? And what's beautiful about this story is that like, there's this landmark, there's this moment, there's this date where this man, he comes to this place of repentance. And repentance is, the word repentance means like to change your mind, right? Or, and to change the seat of your conscience, your thought about it. And he was like, listen, I don't want to be who I was right now. I'm changing who I am and I'm going I'm to follow after what you represent Jesus and all that you are. And I, I just want to say in your own life, you should have that moment in your life where you have made that decision, where you've said, Jesus, I, I just changed my mind and my heart before you and just want to follow after you. And, you know, if, if you've never had that moment, maybe you've come to the place where you're like, you know, I believe in Jesus, but I haven't really, like, had that moment where I just cried out and said, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to put my life in your hands. I just want to encourage you to make today the day. I don't have my glasses on. Thank you. <laughs> Sunday, November 28th. It's too small. I have to fix that on my watch. <laughs> like, nope, <laughs> it's too far. <laughs> um, but today, Sunday, November 28th, could be your day where you said, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins and come into my life. I want to I follow you. I, I, I want you. I just want to be all in. Like you see Zacchaeus, he's in this moment. It was all in moment. And if you've never had your all in moment, I just encourage you to do it today. Cry out to God. Say, God, save me. I want to follow you. Forgive me of my sin. If, you, if you're making a decision like that today, if you're online, um, we want to hear about it. Would you go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps? Because um, we want to hear about it and rejoice with you because from the stories of last week, and this week like, there's a lot of rejoicing when people make a decision for Jesus. If you're here today and you're making that kind of decision, I, I really would want to hear about it and I, I you know, would love to, to pray with you. Um, and I want to encourage you, you hear me make that, that appeal you know, often. You, know, you can say those words yourself to someone. Have you ever had a moment where you ask God to come in your life? Have you ever had a moment where you put the authority of your life in his hands rather than your hands? It's just real simple. You may not get, you know, uh, all, all the theology exactly right, but, you know, when the Holy Spirit's moving and somebody's turning their heart to him, it's okay. Just say it and let people respond. You can do that. You know, there's nothing like a front row seat to watching God work. Amen. My prayer, though, is that we would see who's hungry. And we got, there's two, it's really simply two things. We got to be looking for it, amen? But our lives 
need to be something that if somebody was hungry, they'd be excited to show you they were hungry. But authentically, I'm not asking you to fake it. I'm asking you to be conscious of people around you that are lost and dying and need, need the same bread of life that we have. You know, we're just beggars who found some bread and we want to let, share it with others because there's an infinite supply of his mercy and his grace and his love to touch people. And um, this is a great time of year to talk about our Jesus. And interesting how in the Gospels it went from, oh, the religious rulers are muttering to everyone was muttering, right? I find that challenging. I'm like, God, help me to see hungry people. Help me to respond to hungry people. Even in your own family, be people who've been running from God for a long time. They could have that moment where there's this humility and this contriteness and this desire to know God. Would you just be that person that they could talk to, that they could listen to and hear about this Jesus that we know? Amen. Would you stand with me? I'd like to, to pray with you today. Father, we, we love you so much. And uh, God, we allow your word to challenge us today. God, if there's any uh, Zacchaeuses in our lives where we would mutter, our hearts would mutter, forgive us. God, help us to have a radar that sees hungry people. And Father, may our lives authentically be something that people would open up their hearts and their lives and be willing to talk to us about you, Jesus. And God, may there be no fear. May there be not an ounce of shame or even a hesitancy to just speak out of our heart. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you give us things to say and what to say. And God, we don't need a lot of education and practice. We just need our hearts and just to follow after you, Lord God. God, we thank you, Jesus. For who you are. You are our hero. And we love you. We're so excited to celebrate your birthday in a few weeks. And so excited this time of year where it's easy to talk about you. We pray over Bethlehem Walk. God, that as people are walking through Bethlehem Walk, that there would be no distractions. And God, that hunger would be cultivated. And God, there'd be conversations with friends who brought them and, and people uh, who are part of the work, Lord God. And that they're just that there just be people coming from darkness into light, uh, from death to life, to know you and to follow you. And, and Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we thank you that you're a God who saves. We thank you that you're a God who is willing to give up everything for us. We thank you that you are uh, the, the good fruit that was pierced for us and that we, we can eat of the good fruit of what you've done for us. Thank you for giving your life for us. We love you today. And we worship you today. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.